The following presentation is from Mountain Park Community Church in Phoenix, Arizona. For more information about Mountain Park, along with additional audio and visual teachings, visit mountainpark.org. Good morning, everyone. My name is Greg, and I am so glad you are here this morning. If you're a visitor, welcome. I am not Alan. Uh, Alan is uh, taking a break. Uh, he generally takes his break uh, around this time of the year uh, just to rejuvenate and get more material and just to take his family uh, and uh, just enjoy the summer. He's got little ones, so they got to take advantage of not being in school. And so, um, as you know, Alan, uh, those of you are regular tenders, is uh, going through uh, a year-long series called Foundation, and uh, where he's uh, going through 40 foundational scriptures uh, that uh, he's... Uh, uh, encourage all of you to memorize. How many of you guys are memorizing all those? <laughs> He's not here. Callan's not here. So, no worries. But I tried to do that, and I love to memorize Scripture, and I got to about, about, I think, or maybe on 23, and I got to maybe 18, and I, forgive me. So, um, uh, my job here, uh, here at Mountain Park is outreach. My, I'm an outreach pastor. Uh, what that means is I team with many of you. Many of you are my leaders uh, that I rely heavily on uh, with our connections with Honduras, with um, uh, Hope for the Homeless, for uh, CAST, uh, for um, Family Promise. We just hosted uh, um, homeless families this past week here at the church. Um, we're going to India, uh, uh, Honduras. I think I mentioned Honduras, uh, Rocky Point. And so that's my job here. So, uh, guys, forgive me. This is not my forte. Uh, but, uh, Alan, when your boss asks you to do something, you just do it, right? You just do it. And so, um, well, the last time I was here uh, was a couple years ago. Um, and so uh, uh, we have a creative team, and the creative team had gotten together, and they said, um, what can we do, Greg? And I said, well, I, I just got a, a new motorcycle uh, for, for Father's Day. It wasn't a new motorcycle. It was my, there it is right there. It was my brand new 1989 motorcycle. And, uh, and so it was their idea that uh, I get on the motorcycle and I ride down, right down the middle right here. And, uh, and they had the sound effects. I didn't actually turn it on, but I, I coasted down here and I had the, the leather on, the glasses and my hat, and I got off there. And that was sort of my entry. And so I was just thinking, how can I top that? What can I do? What can I do to top that? And I thought to myself, I think I've already topped that. If you guys were here this past Sunday or this past uh, Christmas, um, they, <laughs> yeah, they made me dance. They made me dance, and I, and I would do that for you, or I'd try to top that, but they couldn't bring the, 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 el the elf outfit. was dirty, and so I couldn't do that. So thank you guys for allowing me to speak this morning. So um, if you truly believe, if you truly believe, if you truly believe, if you truly, if you truly, truly, truly believe that after you spend your time here on earth, whether it be 60 80, 100 years on this earth that when it's time for you to go, that you will spend eternity in heaven. And the way we spend our life while we're here on earth determine if we were to spend our life in eternity, we would, we would uh, certainly uh, live our lives much differently, right? Myself included. We would live much differently if, if, we knew and understand, understood eternity. 
in um, James 4.14, excuse me, James says, who is Jesus' uh, half-brother, he says, uh, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. So what is your life? So he says that you are a mist that is just here just for a little bit, and then poof, you vanish, and then you're gone, and then you're gone. I think James says that because he understood and he had a concept of eternity, eternity. Eternity was explained to me this way one time, and, and stay with me because this is going to take just a little bit of time, all right? <clears throat> um, the speed of light, light years. They said that light travels at 187 miles per second. And if so, if you translate that to miles per hour, if you do the math, it's roughly 670 million miles per hour. That's how fast light travels. If you had a beam of light and you just, if it was large enough and, and it went around, the, uh, you just had a beam and, and just had to go around the, 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 the sphere, the globe, the earth, it would go around the earth seven and a half times in one second. Okay? So you got that, right? Speed of light. Scientists say that our outer limits, the outer limits to our, our world, not our world, but uh, our, our universe, the Milky Way and all that kind of good stuff, the outer limits, that it is 13.3 billion light years away. 13.3 billion light years away. Okay? So you got that, right? Picture a, a grain of sand on the beach. Take that grain of sand, and we want to put that grain of sand and travel outside our universe. So you have to travel 13.3 billion light years away to take that piece of sand, that, that small grain of sand, outside our universe. And when you travel that distance, whatever it takes, you can do the math if you want to, <laughs> and just put it outside our universe, and then you travel all the way back to Earth that 13.3 billion light years back, and you pick up another grain of sand. And you take that grain of sand, and you travel that 13.3 billion light years away, and you put that speck of sand right next to the other speck of sand. And you travel all the way back to Earth, and you pick up a third piece of sand, and you do the same thing. And you do that until every grain of sand from every beach in the world has been transported all the way to this far off 13.3 billion light years away until all the sand is gone. And then after you get all the sand on the beach, then you, then you get all the sand underneath the beach, one by one, speck by speck, all the way to this far off 13.3 billion light years away. And then once that's done, then you start with matter. And so maybe, uh, yeah, a little speck of, yeah, I think I got one, uh, speck of carpet. And you take that speck of carpet and you travel 13.3 billion light years away. And you put that speck of carpet right there until you have reassembled maybe that, that square right there all the way over there. And you've done the entire, this entire building. And then you start to disassemble things crumble things to their a speck where they can travel in the same way to this far-off distance, 13.3 billion light years away until the entire earth has been disassembled and speck by speck 
all the way to this 13.3 billion distance way, uh, ways uh, from the earth. And once the entire earth has been reassembled in this far off place, you reverse the process and speck by speck, you reassemble the earth back in its original position. That was explained to me as eternity. Eternity. So if we understood eternity, I think that perhaps we would live our lives just a little bit differently. So, which brings me to my next question. And my next question is, what is church? Why do you come here? Why do you spend this hour and so maybe 10 minutes here, here at church? Why do you come to church? I, uh, I grew up in, in three churches when I was a young person. I went to my my own church, my own you know, church that we went to, the family, and then we went to my grandmother's church, and then we went to my, my grandfather's church. When I went to my grandmother's church, um, that, was, uh, that was an experience because I, I never went to church enough. That's my grandmother, by the way. She's no longer with us, but she, I loved her. So, uh, But anyhow, when I went to church with my grandmother, uh, um, I went just enough. I didn't go just enough to, to be, so I wasn't considered to be a, a regular member. So I went maybe every, uh, let's say, break it down in weeks, maybe every 10 weeks, I went to church with my grandmother. So I wasn't considered to be a member, right? And so I don't know if you guys grew up in, those, in this type of church, but anytime you are a new member, it's like the pastor would get up in the front. He says, all right, let's get going here. Who's our new members? All right, new members, raise your hand. And so... They would say that, and I would just sink into my chair, and, and my grandmother's just eyeballing me like this. She's looking at me. She said, boy, if you don't get up, if you don't get up and get up out of chair and raise your hand, I said, right here, sir. Um, what's your name? Uh, my name's Gregory. Uh, who's your host, sir? Uh, Essie Lee Eisler, sir. Um, we talked, and we had some, some staff meetings, and I think we're going to start that next week. So anytime <laughs> you're a new member, you raise your hand, you get to introduce yourself, right? That was my grandmother's church. I went to my, my, my grandfather's church, and, uh, and uh, he was a Lutheran. And, um, and so, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I'd be sitting there in church, and I'd be looking, and I hear some noise. And I'm looking. My grandfather, <laughs> he's sleeping, right? And so I'm looking at him, and I hear the noise. And it's not in unison with his mouth. And so I'm like... And so I look behind me, and there's like five other people sleeping. So that was, that was, my, uh, <laughs> that was my, um, my grandfather's church. And so, uh, um, but what does church, what does church mean to you guys? What does church mean to you guys? Um, when you came to church, uh, you came to church, hopefully of your own free will. No one twisted your arm, I hope not. Um, or maybe if you're a newlywed and your wife just grabbed you by the ear and said, come on, we're going to church. That's just what we do, honey. You bought into this, right? <laughs> or maybe you're a young person and, uh, you know, uh, you're 15, 13, whatever, and uh, your, your parents make you go to church. But I think uh, for the most part, everyone in this room uh, made a decision to come here this morning. Why did you make the decision to come here? All right. Was it, was it an obligation? Was it, was it, is it habit? Why did you come here? Why did you come here? My, the third church that I, that I went through, or the, the other church that I went to, was um, uh, my own church. And, and I thought this was just unique to me until I, my son had picked me up from the airport the other day, and I heard it in a Stevie Wonder song. 
And, uh, but anyhow, this was sort of my church experience when I was little. My mom uh, used to give us all, you know, a coin, whatever she can uh, uh, afford. And, and uh, usually she gave us a quarter. And so and that was for tithe. And so as the basket made its way down, I, the basket would come down when it come to me. And I'd go like that and sort of cut my, my hand right there and just smile as it went back down. And, yeah, good, yeah. And so all of a sudden it was like, how did that get there? How did that quarter get there, you know, back in those days? And I guess that's what was the uh, late 60s, early 70s. Um, you could buy a, a candy bar and chips for a quarter. And so that's what church was to me when I was a little person. So, but why, why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? Um, I just wanted to know what, you know, the secular world what they thought about church. And this is uh, one of the definitions of church that they wrote um, on the website. I just uh, Googled it and it said, um, church is a building used for public worship. It is a building used for public worship. Um, I was, personally, I was just a bit offended by that. The church is a building. And, um, and I, I'm not, you know, some scholar or anything like that, but I've read the Bible, and I know that Christ refers to the church as his bride, and he is the bridegroom. In uh, Matthew 5, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew uh, 9, 15, he just refers to it, him being the bridegroom, and that he'll be leaving, and that it'll be a time for mourning, time for, time for mourning. So why do you come to church? I've redefined why, or my definition of church, and this is, this is my definition of church, it is, church is the bride community of Christ followers that have a common interest and a common goal. A common interest and a common goal. So, so why do you come to church? Why do you come to church? Um, I've been ordained since uh, 2007, and so um, I, you know, I hang out with other pastors and we, we do things. I, I serve on a couple of teams with the Church of God here in Arizona. And so I hear the term Acts 2 church. So we want to have an Acts 2 church and they're making reference to their church or that's an Acts 2 church and Acts 2 church this, Acts 2 church that. And so I'm thinking, what is Acts 2 church? I've read Acts 2, but I, I, I didn't, it didn't connect for me. And furthermore, is Mountain Park an Acts 2 church? And so that's where uh, we're going to sort of start today, uh, this morning. And so if you want to go ahead and open up your Bibles to uh, Acts 2, verse 41 to 47, or if you have your electronic device like I do, uh, you can go ahead and open it up to there. And um, as we re read God's Word, um, I'd like everyone to stand in, in honor of uh, God's Word. All right, so Acts 2, um, 41 to 47. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe <clears throat> at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued uh, to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. 
And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who are those who are being saved. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, um, we, we cherish this time that you have given to us, uh, this time to, to worship, this time to, to study, this time to uh, just to think about your word, Heavenly Father. So I pray for my heart. I pray for uh, my soul, Heavenly Father. I pray for the souls that are out there and the hearts that are out there uh, to always look at this with an open mind, uh, with the idea to, to further their relationship with you, our Heavenly Father. So we thank you and we love you. And um, uh, thank you uh, for your word for, for today. We pray these things in your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> One thing I, I failed to mention, and this is a little bit off my notes, uh, that uh, we are going to India uh, in uh, just a, a couple weeks, it seems like. Uh, I think it's, it'll be uh, exactly about seven weeks from today. And uh, we're really excited about that. And um, one of the things that uh, uh, we're excited about is that we're going to be uh, seeing our sister, pa- our, our sister church pastor there. Um, we're going to see what's going on in India. Uh, they say that there's over 750 new churches that have started there. The way they define church is a, a pastor, uh, one pastor, and at least 20 people that have been, um, have been baptized. And so uh, when we go there... Um, um, and the churches that are there right now, their job is, is not to convert the Muslims, the, the Hindus, the, uh, 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 the Buddhists, all the other religions there. That's not our jobs. And it's not, that's not your jobs either. Our job is to, is to inform them and it's of their free will to make a decision. So I, I just want to, I sort of forgot that in my notes, but I just wanted to mention that. So let's start in uh, verse, um, or before we start in verse 41, I just, just want to give a quick preview of what's going on in Acts. And so it says uh, in the first part that it was uh, the day of uh, a Pentecost. Pentecost. Well, as Christians, we understand Pentecost as the coming of the Holy Spirit, which is true. But uh, for, for back in those days, uh, it was a celebration of the Shabbat, which is a, a harvest festival for the Jewish uh, culture, um, and, and more so as a commemorating of the giving of, of the law, the first uh, five books of, of, of the Old Testament, which they call the Torah or the, the Pentateuch, and so that's what was going on. You had this gathering of people that were celebrating a Jewish holiday, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit comes, and people start to talk in different languages to those that they needed to communicate with, and there's a bit of confusion. Peter's there, and all the apostles are there, and so Peter steps up, and he says, you know, you guys don't quite understand, and he tries to bring some understanding what's going on, and so, um, uh, so, so Peter is talking, and, and for, for us in these days, we sort of identify that as the very first sermon um, of, the, of the modern day church. You know, Christ preached, and he gave sermon, and he spoke, but outside of uh, Jesus, Peter was the first one, or we as Christians identify uh, Peter as giving that first sermon. And so, and so he gives the sermon. He gives them a warning. He says that you need to repent and, and receive the Holy You too can receive the Holy Spirit and be baptized. He says, well, what should we do? He says, well, exactly what I said. You know, repent and be baptized and receive the Holy Spirit. And so that's what's happened. And so we're going to pick this up in um, verse uh, 41. And verse 41 says this, 41a, it says, those who accepted his message were baptized. 
those who were baptized. And so my, 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 uh, my connection or what I'm trying to relate to, does Mountain Park or is Mountain Park an Acts 2 church? And we know that we baptize people here. And when you baptize people, uh, it, it is an awesome feeling. I'm a pastor, so often there I am with uh, Haley and her, her parents. I baptized here the last time we had uh, baptism. It is just an awesome feeling. They are part of the family. They are a part of God's family. There's Cameron and a couple other people, my wife, that, uh, part of the baptism. And I tell you guys, I love it when, when we do baptism here because when you baptize some, somebody, uh, we give you the right, and you have the right to baptize someone yourselves. And so many times someone baptizes somebody, and then, and then they turn around and baptize the person that's not baptized. It is an awesome feeling. We let those people, those people not let them in, but they're a part of now of God's community, God's family. You know, one of the amazing things that uh, we get to take, uh, we get to have, uh, we get to experience is when we go to Honduras, uh, we get to baptize uh, uh, the, their, the people there. They schedule their baptism around our visit. When we go there, it's usually that first Sunday, uh, we baptize people in the Caribbean Sea. And you want an exhilarating feeling, go to, go to the beach and baptize somebody. Or come with us and go, and go to Honduras. And this is just a picture. I'm right in the middle. I got my hands up and I don't know what I'm doing. But... Uh, but uh, um, after we baptize everybody, we circle up and we say prayer uh, in, um, uh, in the water there. Um, some of the folks in there are wearing white. Sometimes uh, the Pentateuch, um, excuse me, uh, Pentecost is referred to as White Sunday or Wit Sunday just because when they were baptized, um, um, that's what they wore. And so the second part of 41 says this, and about 3,000 were added to the number that day. Um, and I, trans, uh, I translate that into community. The community was being developed. Um, this is an Olympic year. And, uh, man, I, I, I love the Olympics. I coach track, and uh, I like to watch track. But um, uh, I love the Olympics uh, for one reason, because I'm an American, and we kick butt. <laughs> right? I'm sorry if you're Canadian out here or any other country. We're from America, and we kick butt. Right? We kick butt. Right? I claim that community. I claim it. As Americans, if you're an American, you're in this room, we claim that. All right? Everybody gets excited. And everybody watches this TV. And everybody claims they're a part of that community. There's a young man. His name is, um, his name is uh, Will Clay. And uh, he went to Mountain Point High School. Uh, even though he went to Mountain Point, I went, uh, you know, I coach at Desert Vista. Uh, he runs track and he lives in this community. And I think he's going in his second or his third um, uh, try at the Olympics. I think he won a silver and a bronze or maybe he won a gold. But guess what? Will is part of this just community. Guess what? Will's on my team. I claim him. He's in my community. He's in my community. You know, there's a, there's a pecking order that we all have. And it's all different for every single one of us. Mine is different than yours. But that pecking order, some of those things that we include in that pecking order is, is gender, uh, race, um, social economic status. You know, whatever you want to put in there, we all have that. And there's a pecking order. I think there's one, there's one overall umbrella pecking order thing that we need to, that trumps everything. And that is that we're all human beings, Right? We're all human beings, and that's the thing that we need to claim, all right? The second thing that we need to claim, or, or something that's very high up there, is that we're, 
we're, we're, we're Christians. We're Christians. And we need to claim that. We need to, we need to find that community. Find that community. All righty, let's move on. Um, uh, let's see. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching uh, and, to, and to fellowship. Um, uh, I don't know. I think uh, the time, I think Alan's been here going on 11 years, 10 years, um, and he's only spoken about this once. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this for him. Um, Alan is our spiritual leader. Alan is our spiritual leader, and we need, to, we need to make sure that we're aware of that and that we address him that way. Right? Where else do you go for spiritual information? Right? Alan is our spiritual leader. For myself, Alan is my spiritual leader. Uh, I have two other people that, are, uh, that I consider my spiritual leaders. It is uh, Don Doe, who spoke the last two t- uh, Sundays. He is our state pastor. And uh, Dr. Craig Frank, who used to be our state pastor for, he was our state pastor for, for 10 years, 11, 11 or 10 years. Those are our, or that, those are my, my spiritual leaders. And so, um, in the second part of that, it says, and they fellowshipped, and they fellowshipped. Um, I know a lot of times one of the things that, uh, uh, what we do in this room, and, and if you ask anybody on staff, this is not a service, this is a celebration. This is a celebration, and this is not a setting where I, I take questions or you say anything to me. At least, please don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Um, but there are other settings where, where that happens. On Wednesdays, we have what we call role groups and, and launch, and that is start. Many of you have taken that. Many of you have facilitated that, some of those classes. To me, fellowship is, is the opportunity when someone says something that I can challenge them I can ask questions about that, and there's a dialogue that happens back and forth. To me, that's fellowship. That's, that's how I define fellowship. And so uh, that's what the apostles were doing. What does church mean to you? And then the final thing it says in uh, 42 is that, and they prayed, and they prayed. Um, we have an amazing uh, prayer team. Uh, if you ever want to join us, we meet every Sunday uh, at 8.15 in the prayer room, which is the corner room right there, 204. And we pray for anyone that sits in here. We pray for, um, we pray for Alan, anyone that speaks. We pray for all the ministries that are going on. I tell you what, it is just an amazing feeling to know that someone is praying for you. If you want to bless somebody, if you want to blow somebody's mind, all right, tell them that you're praying for them. Yes, brother, I, I got you, man. I'll, I'll be praying for you. I'll be praying for you. To me, that, that is extremely powerful prayer. All right, so let's move on to 43. It says, um, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And so um, uh, in um, the ending of the, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, the author says that the crowd was astonished at his teaching because he taught with someone with authority and not as a teacher of the law. And he's referring to Jesus. He's referring to Jesus. Sometimes I stumble and I think about, okay, awe me or or, or inspire me with this thing that that I just can't believe, like somebody floating back there. Wow, that is mind-blowing, right? You know, guys, it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen that way. Uh, It says that Jesus spoke and they were astonished. I don't know about you guys, you know, um, and uh, 
when Alan speaks um, and when uh, Don Doe speaks, man, I'm astonished. I get, I get, I get the goosebumps in my skin when I see that because I'm like, man, I want to live my life. They make reference to, to uh, whatever they're talking about. It's like, man, I want to go out there and, and I want to do those things. It's inspiring. It's inspiring. You know, one of the, the most inspiring things that I've ever seen is, uh, they're going to show a photo right here, is this guy right here. Man, I mean, that, that gives me goosebumps right now. What kind of courage must it take to, to stand in front of those, those tanks? And I don't know what the, 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 how the government is. I know that there's some challenges there. And possibly they might have been justified to just shoot that man right there where he stands. In today's world, heck, that could happen. It happens. Man, that is astonishing. That is amazing. That is amazing. 40, 44, moving on. All right, verse 44 says, All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They had everything in common. And so um, uh, we just uh, got back uh, from Cabo and we had a great time. And everybody that's on vacation is happy. And we went to Cabo and everybody's smiling. Guess what? You know, I guess they have a reason to smile. They're in Cabo. They're vacationing, right? And so... Um, um, you have conversations with people, and, and uh, it's, it's just great. But everybody tries to find that commonality. How many Canadians in the room? Anybody Canadian? No Canadian. Oh, one, two, three Canadians, all right. Every time I go on vacation, I find Canadians. And I played in the Canadian Football League, and so it's inevitable for me, it seems like, that I find someone that's Canadian, and then we start talking, and we find that commonality. We find that commonality, and we start, we start trying to create this community we, um, we, uh, we, we took the, uh, the, the boat, dinner boat cruise, and, and there were some empty seats next to us. It was pretty crowded, and these two young girls just came, and they just sat right there. My wife started to have a conversation with them. They're two 24-year-old girls, and we just sat down and just talked to them, and we found things that were in, we, we had in common. My, my wife's an educator, and I don't know what they were talking about. It was girl stuff, but, you know... <laughs> But they, they, found, they found that common ground. They found that common ground. These girls were comfortable enough. There was just two girls in Cabo in another country, and they ended up coming back to our room. They came back to our room, and we, they hung out, and they just, you know, to me, that's, you know, they felt comfortable. But I think that what happened was they found that common ground. They found that common ground, the commonality. My, uh, my football coach used to say, um, enthusiasm is a force that creates momentum. I'm going to change that. Chris Ferragamo was my coach, but uh, I'm going to change that. He said, um, uh, how am I going to change it is that commonality is a force that creates community. Commonality is a force that creates community. You know, uh, when, when I walk in the mall and, you know, you can't look anybody in the eye, right? Men, if you look somebody in the eye, it's like this. <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to, you know, Right? I walked down Cabo, everybody's smiling. Hey, how you doing? Man, we need to bring Cabo here, right? We need to create community. We need to create community. Why is that? Why is that? Man, guys, ease up. 45, they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Well, in today's world, we don't have to sell our things because... Um, 
um, you know, we don't have to sell, you know, our, a goat or anything to, 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 you know, get money to give to somebody. I think in, in today's world, we, we set up, we're set up to, to give as, as we need. And so um, there's many stories of people uh, that have gone on mission trips that I, I'm aware of that have uh, vacation time or for their honeymoon to boot, going to honeymoon that they, they give up their, the money, the resources to go serve somewhere else. I've heard of stories, and I know of stories where kids that have birthday parties, they have birthday parties, and instead, instead of bringing a gift, they say, hey, instead of bringing a gift, I want you to donate to this, to this uh, charitable organization or, or something along that lines. And so I think it looks a little bit different um, in today's world. Um, 46, it says, every day they continue to meet together in the temple's in the, in the temple court. I sort of interpret that as every day, every day uh, they needed to do everyday things. You know, they, uh, they had to work, they had to go fish. And when they fished, maybe they sold, you know, some of the excess and they had to uh, slaughter things. And if they had some excess, they had to sell those things. And so to me, that was just everyday work, everyday chores. They, they were just living their lives. And what I want to draw from that is for those of you, or for myself, it's pretty easy. I just think I'm blessed because every conversation, well, not all conversations, but a lot of my conversations have to do with church and have to do with, with um, ministry. And, and so, man, I feel like I'm really connected. I, I personally feel like I'm really connected. So my question to you is that how are you connecting? How are you doing church every day uh, at your jobs or at your homes? Are you that beacon light where people will come to you in times of need, do they, do they know that you're a Christian? All right? It'll make a difference. It'll make a difference. All right. <clears throat> 45B, it says, they broke breads in their home, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. One of the, uh, one of the um, uh, challenges, I think, with that is that they were, they were sincere, uh, and they showed humility. They were sincere, and they showed humility. And I think a lot of times, at least in, in many cultures, ours included, if you are at least a male and you show sincerity and you show humility, people are going to run over you. They're going to they're gonna try to take advantage of you. They're going to try to take advantage of you. All right? And it says that uh, just going back to the breaking of bread, the breaking of bread, and I think I forgot this point, but I want to bring it up again, that they ate together every day every day. How much more would you consider somebody to be a part of your family if you ate with them every meal like you do your family? They would be, you would consider them as a part of your family or even if you ate one meal a day or once a week or maybe just, maybe just once, once a month have a meal with somebody for no good reason, just for the sake of, of friendship, for the sake of community. Do we do that? Do we do that? And then in verse 47, it says, um, they praised God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Um, And I just want to go back to to baptism. Um, uh, We baptized, uh, on average, uh, about 80 to about 100 people every year, and that's a a sign of of health and, and, and growth. 
Uh, we baptize um, anytime, anywhere from uh, three to five times a year um, in 2015. We don't have our 2016 because we're still in that. I think we have two more baptisms to go. Matter of fact, I think there's one in August. Um, but uh, in uh, 2015, uh, we baptize uh, that many people. And so it's exciting to baptize people. It's exciting to baptize people. Um, all that to say, all that to say is why do you come to church? Are you experiencing church every day? I gave you my, my, my definition of church, which is uh, um, the bride community of Christ believers that have common interests and common goals. There's some other definitions that I just want to throw out, out to you as church and what church is all about. Uh, we advocate for the gospel. We baptize people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We devote ourselves to spiritual leadership and teaching. Uh, we are to come together to uh, discuss, study, uh, debate, and research uh, to deepen our relationship. We are to share meals together. We are to pray and praise God. Uh, we are to perform our wonders and signs. Uh, we should give of ourselves those in need. We should strive to find a common ground. We should always represent Christ in everything, in, in all circles, social, publicly, and privately. And we should always display humility and sincerity. Do we do that? Do we do that? In closing, uh, I'm going to ask the, the band uh, to come on up, and uh, we're going to release you in just a second. Uh, but um, um, the church and perfection ends every day, and the next day we strive for perfection every day. I want to challenge you guys. My, I have a sporting background, and so uh, we're always challenged. You're always challenged in sports. And so I want to challenge you guys uh, to do church every day, uh, to create community, and to, and, and to, to love God as, as you do those things. And so um, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the opportunities that you pre present before us, Heavenly Father. And I pray that our opportunity as a church, as a church body, a body of uh, bride uh, community that, uh, that have common goals and common interests, Heavenly Father, that we come together uh, for your sake and we, we baptize uh, people into your family, Heavenly Father, and we create community. That is, that is uh, our, our hope that, that we, will, will, we will do that as a church, Heavenly Father. And, uh, and, and when we go outside these doors, Heavenly Father, I pray that uh, it will expand even further. Those that uh, consider themselves to be a part of the church, that they will exemplify this as well, be ambassadors to the church, Heavenly Father. So we pray all these things in, your name, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.